Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. Heavenly Father, we just give you praise. We give you honor. We thank you, Lord God, for your awesome word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are present on the inside of us. Hallelujah. And indeed, we do have breakthrough living on the inside of us. We have everything that we need. Hallelujah. That pertains into life and godliness. We thank you, Father, for your supernatural being on the inside of us. Father, we thank you that we are whole and we're complete. And we have lack of nothing because you've made all provisions available to us. And Father, we just give you all the praise and the honor in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Amen. And you may take your seats. And of course, we're in our series on the art of war. And I see that some of you are still wearing your battle fatigues. Amen. 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 Because indeed, that's, that's the position that we are in. It's a position of victory, however. Well, I just, how many of you, I know all of us remember the words, but it's in John chapter 19 and verse 30. Jesus declared, it is finished. It is finished. Look at somebody and tell them, it is finished. Look to your other side. Look to the other way and tell them it is finished. You know, I don't. I don't believe Jesus even whispered, "It is finished." I believe it was a declaration. It is finished. There's nothing to be added to what Jesus has done. It is finished. Look at someone else and tell them it is finished. It's done. It's over. Finality has taken place because it is finished. Glory to God. What awesome words for us to read and to declare over our lives, over everything that concerns us, that it is finished. We don't have to add anything to what Jesus has done. It is finished. You know, uh, in the book of Genesis, it talked about uh, God creating the heavens and the earth and bringing everything about. And it says, and then he rested. And we understand that God did not rest because he was tired. God rest because he was satisfied with what he'd done. And not just what he'd done in the beginning of creation, but what was to happen throughout history until we get to heaven. He was, he was satisfied with his plan of redemption and salvation for men. He was satisfied. Look at somebody and say, God is satisfied with himself. Hallelujah. So God actually does not need us to do anything. We just need to believe something. Amen, amen, amen. It's not what we're doing that caused God to do anything. It's what we believe, what we receive, what we understand, what we allow ourselves to be exposed to, what we lay hold on, what we claim is our own, when we declare that what Jesus did was for me. Look at somebody and say, what Jesus did 
it was for me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It was for him. And in our prayers to him, in our praying to him, we're talking to him from a point of victory that he has already won for us. So in the book of Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, in Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, this is what is spoken. And it says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint. Don't cave in. Don't quit. Men ought always to pray. And when we look at the word pray, he means worship and supplication. He means men ought to always worship and supplicate. Men ought to always be earnest and humble when they pray, but they must always be thankful. Thankful for what Jesus has already done. Glory to God. Jesus said, it is finished. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. And this is what Paul writes. He says, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. He said, we also believe and therefore speak. He says, we need to speak what we believe. We don't need to keep our mouths closed about what we believe. He says again, he said, we have the same spirit of faith. He's calling this faith. As a matter of fact, he said, it's a spirit of faith. He said, when, when you operate in the spirit of faith, he says, you will begin to speak what you believe. Now, a lot of times people say what they heard. They say what sounds good. But he's saying, no, you need to speak what you believe. Glory to God. And that spirit of faith rising up on the inside of you say it's true. I'm speaking the facts. I'm speaking, I'm speaking the truth. I'm telling you what Jesus has done for me, what he has provided for me, and I'm letting it come out of my mouth. I'm going to utter it out into the atmosphere. I'm going to get it out there so it will begin to work for me. So I can see myself in it. So I can see myself doing it. So I can see myself. So what you do is, listen, a lot of people make confessions, but they don't believe it. They're just saying it. And he says, you'll have what you believe. You will have what you believe believe. You'll have what you trust in. You'll have what you believe is truth. We have in the same spirit of faith, same reliance, same trust. We cling to what God has said concerning us. We believe in what we now call the finished works of Jesus. Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. It says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. He's saying that we obtain a righteousness, hallelujah, and that we walk in the same faith that the apostles walked in. We share equal standing in the privileges and the blessings of the kingdom realm of God. 
he's talking to us about us being like the apostles. See, when you read in the book, or when you start reading the account in Acts, you hear about a lot of things that the apostles did. You hear about the things that Paul did. And these people were walking and living by a faith they had in what Jesus did. You know, you remember the account. They walked up to the man. They said, silver and gold have I none, but such that I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Now, why could they say that? Because they believed what Jesus did on the cross. They believed what he did was finished. Glory to God. So we're talking today about us walking in the finished works of Jesus. He says here again, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's talking about us in verse 2. He said, in grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of of God and of Jesus our Lord. What knowledge is it that we need to know? He said, because this is this is how we this is how grace and peace is multiplied to us. He said, through the knowledge. Is it just the knowledge to know that Jesus existed? Is it just the knowledge to know there is a God? What kind of knowledge is he talking about? You need to know as a believer in order to walk in this kind of faith that has action that follows. What is it that he's telling you? What knowledge do you need to know? Is it that you just need to know that God created the heavens and the earth? Is it that you just need to know the knowledge of the names God may be referred to? You know, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah. Is it just that kind of knowledge he's talking about? Is it just the knowledge that Jesus Christ died on the cross? Is it just that knowledge that he's talking about? What kind of knowledge is he talking about you need to know about God and about Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. What do we need to know about Jesus Christ? We need to know that by his stripes we're healed. Why? Because his body was bruised for our transgression. Hallelujah. The chastisement of his peace was upon us. And he says, and by his stripes you are healed. What kind of knowledge do we need to know? That when Jesus was being beat and whipped and bruised and scourged, he was doing it because he wanted us to be healed in our physical body. That's what we need to know. Not that Jesus just hung on the cross, but why did Jesus hang on the cross? We need to begin to know the knowledge of what happened on that cross. We need to know that God sent Jesus Christ because he wanted us to be reconciled back to him. He said, I want to have a relationship with the people that are on this earth. And I'm not willing to give them up so easily because Adam sinned. But I got a plan. See, God didn't, didn't just, just, Jesus didn't come into God's mind after Adam sinned. It was in his mind before he even put man on this earth. Hallelujah. He'd already made a plan. Hallelujah. What is it that we need to know? He says it's through this knowledge. It's through this comprehension. It's through the insight on who Jesus is, what Jesus came to represent, what he stands for. Because the Bible says that God sent him. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But you have to read the 17th verse also. 
He said he didn't send Jesus in the world to condemn men. Hallelujah. But by him, they might be saved. See, he didn't come to tell us how bad we were. He didn't come to, Jesus didn't come to, 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 to make brownie or make hash marks about how evil we were. He didn't come to, to check out and see how we keep missing God. Well, God knew we was going to be missing him in the first place. He knew that we, as mere men, without his help, there's no way we could ever please him. So he said, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send my son. Glory to God. And he is going to pay the penalty for your wrong. Why is he doing that? Why? Because God said, I desire to have relationship with man. That's my desire. My desire is for him to come close to me. My desire is that he have eternal life. My desire is that he have, Jesus said it, John 10 and 10, that you may have life. And have it more abundantly. The Amplified says, feel to the full until it overflows. God said, that's my plan. He said, that's the knowledge you need to know. You don't need to just come in and say, well, you know what? God created the hell. I'm just going to go and, you know, I'm going to do a little worship. I'm just going to do, you know, I'm just going gonna, I'm just, I'm to spend my hour or two in church. And they better not get over too much over Two hours, don't I'm going to have to go. But he says, no, I created the heavens and the earth, and I started all of this, put it in place. He said, because I desire to have a relationship with you. I desire to show my love towards you. I want to show you how big of a God I really am and how big my heart is towards man. Because he said, I came for man, and all who will receive me, all who will who will." Endeavor to know me. Look at somebody say, know God. And he's talking about kononia, know God. He's talking about an intimate relationship with God. He's not talking about information concerning God. Hallelujah. Let me, t mm, mm, mm. God is so good. Let's look at 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. Listen at this. Now, I want you to understand that, that in, in 1 John, uh, John is going through a lot of things to prove why we know that we're born again. And that and he talks about sin and how uh, God deals with sin and those type of things. But I, I want you to listen to this. He says, he that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. He's just talking about when Satan, you know, he's just been sinning every, every since way back. He said, for this purpose, listen at this, for this purpose. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. See, Satan's work is sin. Satan's work is to get you to be contrary to what God believes, what God thinks, how God feels, and how God sees things. His, his job is to make you doubt God. See, that's what happened to Adam and Eve. Showed up. They had everything they needed, everything necessary for life and godliness. And Satan shows up and say, no, you don't. God's fooling you. This is, this is, this is Deborah Poe, one and one. God is fooling you. He's holding out on you. You don't have everything. You don't have everything. So 
you need to do something to help yourself. Because you can't trust God. You can't trust God. I mean, look at, look at how they were living. But yet Satan shows up and say, you don't have everything you need. You need to do something. I know it appears that he's given you everything, but you don't have. See, see that tree over there? You need that. You need, you need to know. You, he's, he's holding. He's, God is holding back on you, Adam and Eve. See, this is the work of the devil, to get you not to trust God. Not to trust what he said. Not to, not, not to believe the promise that he made. That's his job. And the Bible says, or it says here, John pins and he says, but Jesus showed up, manifest in the flesh, so that he could destroy the works of the enemy. Jesus came to destroy. The reason the Son of God was made manifest, visible, was to, do, to, was to undo, destroy, and loosen and dissolve the works the devil has done. See, sin introduced transgression. The idea that you can't trust God. And he's been working on us ever since. Just don't trust God. Maybe you can trust him, or maybe you can get him, let me put it this way, get him to do something for you if you do something for him. Because you can't believe that he's just going to do this freely, do you? You're going to have to do something. Introducing works. We got to do something. See, let me... The whole idea is to get us to not trust God. Try to work out everything ourselves on our own. Put things together on our own. This came from God trying to prove a point. You know, Satan twists, he tries to twist everything. God was trying to prove a point to man that without me, you can do nothing. But with me, all things are possible. That was the, that, and so he went about through the Old Testament, as we read the Old Testament, and he, <laughs> grace was available to man. And God was doing things for man in spite their behavior. In spite of what they were doing, God still was being good to them. And then one day, man says, I can do this without your help, God. Just tell us what to do. We'll do it. God said, okay. All righty then. So you, th you, think, you think you can live the life that is worthy to be lived on your own. He says, all righty then. That's when the Ten Commandments showed up. But then, because man just can't leave God's stuff alone, Ten Commandments, over 600 others got added to it. It's like, <laughs> okay, 
Thou shall not commit adultery. Commandment. Man say, don't commit adultery with your neighbor. Don't commit adultery with uh, the woman down the street. Don't commit adultery with uh, your daughter. Don't commit adultery. They started adding. Start making a list. Now, why couldn't it just be, just don't commit adultery? No, we got to add to We got to add to, okay, okay. <laughs> don't serve no other God. Okay. Don't serve no other God. Okay. Don't save no graven images. Don't serve no cows. Don't serve. Don't, just, man, just had, just let, I can't just take God for what he said. I just got to, I got to get in there. I just got to get in there and do something. And so, therefore, you, you know, I, I was reading in the Old Testament some of all these other things that were added. Do you know that you sin if you tied your ox on the wrong side of the house on a particular day? I'm like, how in the world? How do you keep up? How can you even keep up with all this stuff? And God was saying, see, you cannot do it on your own because you always think you got to add something. You got to do something. You got to explain something that I've already said. I made it plain, but you got to, you got to step in and do something else. God makes promises to man. And then we decide what we got to do in order to get it. You know, I went to church and they told me to be holy. I, I didn't know that once I, holy it means being separated unto God. That's what holy means. I didn't know when I got born again, I got separated unto God. So I went to a church that says, okay, now, it's not enough to get born again. That didn't make you holy. Now what you got to do is you got to stop wearing pants. You got to stop wearing makeup. You got... You all understand what I'm saying? You, you, man, always trying to jump in. What did Jesus say? It is finished. Now, in, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you to be a blessing. Okay, okay, in order to be a blessing, you're going to have to do this. You... you in order to be a blessing now, you just, you know, when, when the offering come around, you need to sacrifice. That means it need to hurt you. Have y'all heard? If it don't move you, it don't move God. You know, look at somebody say, man's so extra. Man is so, so extra. God is like, God is, he said, listen, because you always got to do the add-ons in order to, you think going to make me and right with me, I, I'm going to send my son and he's going to make things right. He's going to make things right. He is going to make things right once and for all. He's going to take on the penalty that you deserved 
And he's going to pay that price for you so that you can be free to come to me, to talk to me. You See, that's what prayer is all about. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is, is getting to know who God is. Prayer is a communion with God. Jesus said man ought always to pray and not faint. He said you need to always come to me. You need to always be talking to me. You don't, you don't, you don't need to be afraid of me because Jesus is already taking care of the sin factor, which was the thing that separated us. It's the thing that, 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 that calls you not to be able to hear me like you used to hear me. He said, but now my people, my children, hear my voice. He said, you can hear my voice. But Satan will make you think you can't hear his voice. But you can hear his voice. Why? Because he said you could hear his voice. Glory to God. We have to make a decision to believe God. Just like our father Abraham made a decision to believe God. Just believe what God has said. And sometimes that's so difficult for us because we cannot believe how good God really is. And he says that we need to speak. And there's a group that you need to admit it. We need to accept. We need to admit who God says we are. We need to look in this word, gain the knowledge of who the son of God is and why he actually showed up. Why did he come? He came to destroy the works of the enemy. He came to loosen, take us from under uh, uh, the penalties of sin. That's why he showed up. That's why he came. That's why he, he, he said, I, I want you to stop feeling like you're distant from God. I want you to stop feeling like uh, you are enslaved to God. I want you to stop feeling like... Uh, I got to do all these things and maybe I'll get into God's good graces if I do these things. Maybe, and you know what? You can't do it on your own anyway because no matter the best laid plans, God, you know, I'm not going to cuss anymore. I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. And it's soon. It's something hit you the wrong way. Cuss comes out. Instead of relying on God and saying, Father, I don't want to. And he'll help you want to. See, because you only do what you People, people only do what they, they can hold back for a little while, but when you really want to do it, you're going to do it. But then God can help change your want to. But in his, in his helping to change your want to, he says, I still love you. 
and my promises still are available to you. I'm still your God, and you're still my people. I still love you. I still want to do for you. I still want to provide for you. I still want to take care of you because you are my people. Glory to God. You're called by my name. Glory to God. You, you're, you're, in other words, you're the apple of my eye. You're not a mistake. I planned for you to be here. As a matter of fact, I planted you here. He said, I appointed you. I appointed you for this time and for this season. I don't need for you to be distracted. You know, you, you, the parable concerning the sower sowing the word. You know, Satan comes for the word. You know, he really ain't that interested in you. Not personally, he ain't interested in you personally, but he is interested in the word being sown in your heart. He's interested in that word causing you to change your mind, change your thinking, change your thoughts, change your talk, change your walk, change your family, change your life, change your job, change your income. He is interested in the word. He's interested in the word. That's why he don't want you looking into this word. He don't want you studying this word. He don't want you looking. He don't, he don't want you looking any deeper than just uh, I'm memorizing the word. He don't want you any deeper into the fact that now I believe this. what I And I receive what God has saying concerning me. Hallelujah. Because I know I can't do it on my own. So I stop working. Look at somebody say I stop working. See, some of y'all still working like a Hebrew slave. You're still working. You're still trying to work God's nerves. You're still trying to, you just, you just working. You're laboring. You're just, now I just, let me see. If I could just get myself right. If I could just get myself right, then I'll be okay with God. No, Jesus got you right. You're already okay with God. He got you right. You're okay with God. You're all right with God. Look at somebody say, I'm all right with God. I'm all right with God. All, all, my, all, all my frailties, all my insecurities, all of my challenges, I'm still all right with God. Because God didn't show up for a perfect man. Well, let me say this. He didn't show up for a perfect people. Because a perfect man has already died for all of us imperfect people. So though I may not be perfect, glory to God, God still likes me. God still loves me. And God is still working on my behalf. Hallelujah. And some of y'all just need to admit who you are. I'm a child of the most high God. That's who I am. Hallelujah. I'm a child of the most high God. Your identity is so important to you. Because if he can confuse you about who you are, then you'll never possess what's properly yours. You'll never own up. You know what? You'll never show up for the reading of the wheel. You'll never show up for church for the reading of the New Testament. You'll never show up for the reading of the wheel to see what was left to you after Jesus died and then rose again to make sure it comes to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe, therefore I speak. It does not matter what's going on around me. 
because I know the value of the word of God. I know the power of the word of God. He said it's alive, it's living on the inside of us. He said it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Glory to God. He said, my word will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish the thing that I sent it therefore to. So you keep speaking the word regardless of what you see, what you hear, what it looks like. God said that we walk in victory because he's already won the victory for us. He said that you are my trophies. We are his. And when we start trying to take care of ourselves, when we start to be inward, that means that we don't have anything to be outward with. If Satan can make us internalize everything, make everything about ourselves, make everything about me, you'll always be looking at yourselves. And then how are we going to get the greater works done? How are we going to reach out and talk to other people? We will walk over other people because we so tied up with us. We won't, we, won't, we won't minister the love of God because we, we over here still don't know that God loves us. But our God is alive and living. He is alive and living. And we got to stop keeping our mouths closed. Some of us think we can think our way through. No, we're going to have to speak our way through. We're going to have to declare our way through. We're going to have to start looking at this word, meditating on this word, getting this word in our hearts by having conversations with God. See, a lot of times we be so religious. Oh, God is just like, oh, my God, what? Are you, are you really trying to be deep with me? You all understand what I'm saying? You go to God with all these 50 million scriptures that God's like... I know you don't believe that one. You partially believe this one. Who are you trying to convince? Who, you, who, are, you, who are you trying to convince? I can I remember praying like that and I'm thinking to myself, am I telling God who he is because I'm worshiping him? Or I'm telling him who he is because I'm like, can you please act like that with me? Y'all hear what I'm saying? Am, 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 am I just throwing... Am I just being religious and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to remind God, God, you know you Jehovah Jireh, right? You my provider, right? Well, maybe I need to go check my giving rate record. Maybe I checked it. I checked it off. I'm good. So now you Jehovah Jireh? You all understand what I'm saying? Ooh. Listen. Until we know or recognize where we are, the Holy Ghost can't get us where God wants us to be. And, and I say that loosely. It's not where God wants us to be more than it is where God wants, what God wants us to believe. To be in touch with God. So we, we got to stop faking it because you're not going to make it. You know, people fake it till you make it. No, you keep faking it. You're not going to make it. So we're gonna have to we gonna, we gonna have to we're gonna have to be real with God and say, God, I heard what you said. I read it in your word, but I just want you to know I got a challenge with it. 
but I want to believe it because I want it active in my life. So Holy Spirit, help me to get over this hump. Help me to get over this doubt. Help me get over this fear so I can see you operate in my life because I'm tired of being just a good church person. I'm tired of going and raising my hands and flipping them up in the air and dancing around and I don't have no results because the only results people see is the results I did myself. The things that I forced into play and said, oh, that's God. Look at somebody and say, stop it. Because you know you want this word to be active in your life. You know you want this word to be real to you. You know you want God to show up when he says he's going to show up. You know you want it in your heart so that no matter what you see, it does not move you. You keep saying what God said. Why? Because I believe it's the truth. Not I'm trying to make it come to pass. Not I'm trying to force God to do it. But God has already agreed to do it before I ever ask him the question. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look at somebody and say, be real with the Father. Hallelujah. Ooh, looking so good on the inside and all torn down on the, uh, looking so good on the outside, all torn down on the inside. Aren't you tired of leaving church, going home, still being depressed? Still walking in fear, still walking in doubt. Glory to God. Aren't you tired? Hallelujah. Of reading the promises in the word of God and not seeing them manifest in your life. Aren't you just tired of that yet? Glory to God. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it for me. I'm tired of it for you. I'm tired of it for the body of Christ. I'm tired of it. I want to see God show up in my life. more profound way oh goodness gracious oh my god I'm tired of the tip of the iceberg I want to jump knee deep hallelujah in belief knee deep in belief where it covers me up hallelujah glory to God well I don't even ask person what you what the doctor say you got who cares if it's a sickness or a disease, it don't belong to you. So what, what is naming it? What is naming it going to do? What's the purpose? Because a lot of times we hear the name of something. I mean, some people, if you say internal revenue service, they start shaking. Naming stuff. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus paid a high price so that we could be free. He paid a high price for us to be free. You know, we it's just some stuff we have to cut out of our vocabulary. Sink or swim. I'm still going to be loving the Lord. No. No. What you mean sink? No, no. Swim or swim. Not sink or swim. We got, we, we, you know what? Only thing we're doing is giving ourselves an out for if, if we, if God don't come through. 
If God don't come through, just understand. God don't need no out. He don't. He don't need an out. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm. We have got to become some radical people. Rad Listen, radical people in our believing. Not in our doing, but our believing. Because if we believe, it'll prompt your doing. And then your doing won't be as a matter of works to get God to do something. It's just a response to what God has done. That's where he wants us to be. He, listen, we don't have to convince God to help us. He already said, I will help you. That's what he said. So we're going to have to be on a mission. We're going to have to be on a mission where we look at this word and we see, he said, it's, it's through the knowledge. It's through the knowledge of him. It's through the knowledge of him. Not information concerning him, but through the knowledge of him. And what he's saying to us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I, I still, I mean, you hear people say all the time that God wants to do great exploits. He does. And guess what? He's doing them. But maybe he's just not doing them in our presence. Because it's a matter of what we believe. So we're going to have to get, we're going to have to, we're going to have to get over the working and get into the believing and just begin to talk to God about God I see what you say and I don't see it tell me why I don't see it The Bible says in the book of Romans, there is peace in believing. If there's no peace, you're not believing. If there's no peace, you're not believing. And you can sit there and you could just try to, I don't know, We can sit there and do all kinds of acrobatics in our minds that won't last. Or we can get with God and say, Father, your, I believe your word is truth. And I do. I, be, I believe this word is truth. And Father, I want to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So I got to push past all these feelings and emotions and all these things that are designed to carry you about 
all over the place. And I want to get real with you, God, because you're real with me. I believe you placed me here. And there's a plan and a purpose for my life that I stepped in the day I got born again. And I don't believe you trying to hold anything back from me. I don't believe you hiding things from me. I don't believe that. But I want to walk out everything you've said. I'm all in. I'm all in. And we got to make a decision, God. I'm all in. I'm all in. And you know, we can say that, but you got to make a plan for that. See, a lot of times we say stuff, but we don't make a plan for it. And listen, it's not through works. I'm, I'm not telling you to go home and now I got to read, you know, five chapters a day to convince myself. Or I got to pray and fast to convince myself. I'm not talking, I'm talking about being real with God and saying, God, I believe you are real. I believe that Jesus Christ came, he died on the cross, he rose again from the dead, he's seated at your right hand. Father, you said that he's making intercession for me. And not only that, Lord, you said that the Holy Spirit also is making intercession with for me. You said, Father God, that the Holy Spirit will catch hold with me and help me to pray as I ought to pray. So, Father, I have this situation. I'm not going to start quoting scriptures. I'm not going to start declaring nothing. I'm going to look to the Holy Spirit, my helper, and ask him, what is it that you want me to do? What do you want me to do in this situation? How do you want me to answer this? How do you want me to respond to this? What is proper in heaven? What is proper? What is the thing that you're saying to do? What is it? I was praying for someone, praying. I was praying for someone that was ill. And, you know, I'd already, you know, God, we know that you are a healer. You know, by the stripes of Jesus, you know, you, we're healed. Communion. And I said, God, now I can go over there and I can say the same thing all over again. But what do you want me to, what is it you want me to do? And this is what he spoke to me. He said, Deborah, pray that their faith fail not. See, but Christians, we'll just go and just start saying all kinds of stuff. He said, just pray that their faith fail not. And I said, okay, God, I can do that. See, because you'll put yourself in a position where you're trying to move the hand of God, trying to make him do something. instead of us receiving. So we need, to, we need to learn to receive everything that God has done. And let me tell you something. We're not going to receive it. We'll receive this. Let me see. Our receiving will be equated to the amount of time we spend with him. And I'm not talking about, um, I got to get up at 4 o'clock or whatever. Um, I remember when Pastor Brian, um, a couple of years ago, 
He said, um, you know, I spent my time with God and I prayed. He said, but now that I've become a pastor, I spend more time with him. He said, I don't mean like I got this special time off to the side. You know, I spend my hour with him every day and then I go on about my way. But he says, well, no, I'm talking to him all the time. Because he said, in all your ways, acknowledge him and I will direct your path. You know, sometimes we tell, we throw out to God what we want to do and how we want to take care of it. And then we think he's directing our path because we're doing what we had in our mind to do. We got to stop that. Look at somebody and say, stop that. I remember when, um, oh my God, I need to let you go. Uh, when Dr. Dolly used to tell us all the time, he said, we need to be like barefooted, barefooted priests. He said, just hearing and doing, hearing and doing, hearing and doing hearing and doing. And I always tell people, you got to do what you think God said to do. Even if it's wrong, you got to do it. If you, and when I say even if it's wrong, I mean, you believe that it's true. Unless it's just, you know, wrong, naturally wrong. Because <laughs> some people will like, you know, okay, we will go that way. But but you have to do what you believe God is telling you to do. You have to do it. Look at somebody say, you have to do it. Because let me tell you something. That is the only way that you're going to train yourself to recognize his voice. That's the only way you're going to do it. It's the only way. And you have to be open for correction. It is okay. We're not 100% all the time. Glory. But God knows that. Well, we look at somebody and say, you have to do what God is telling you to do. We have to. We have to. We have to do what God is telling us to do. No matter how ridiculous it may seem to somebody else, you, you, you got to do it. How, how do you think you get a closeness? Jesus said, I'll only do what I see the Father doing. That's because he talked about how close they were. He talked about how me and the Father, you know, we won. We act as one. We, me and, he was like, I only, I only do. I only do what he tells me to do. And we need to do that. We need to do that. We need to do that. As it goes here at Revealing Truth Ministries. Our desire when we stand before you is just to tell you what we believe God is saying. In our desire to see what God sees for us to see it manifest in your life. This is not a um, place where we want you to come just so it'd be a whole lot of people and we can say, oh, we're successful as a church. No, as far as I'm concerned, this has to do with your life. 
This has to do with your life. This has to do with what God wants to do with you and in you, the things he wants to see, the things that he wants you to experience. That's what this is all about. And we labor in the word. For those of you who came to the SOS, we labor in the word. Because God has put it in our heart to care. This morning, I guess it must have been about 6.30, I got an email, not an email, but a text message uh, from one of our members. And so initially I thought it was from one of my PPAs because they normally tell me what's going to be happening at ridiculous times in the morning. <laughs> but they know that I'm up. And I was like, God, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to go. And I said, okay, I'll do that. And what do you want me to do when I get there? He said, it has to do with your expectation. It's not about what me, I, you know, I'm God, but what do you expect of me when you get there? What do you expect? So that's what God looks at us. He says, what are you expecting from me? Is your expectation low? Is your expectation high? Is your expectation what nor what's normal? What is your expectation? Are, are, you, are you just kind of hanging in the middle? When I get, let me see what God might do. And so I'm like, God, what, what, how do you want me to respond? How do you want me, how do you want me to answer? How do you want me to answer? How do you want me to answer? And I just said, I said, okay. Because I started, you know, initially you get something, you just start, the Lord, blah, blah, blah. I said, no, what do you want me to answer? And I waited. And finally I, I sent back a message and I said, I pray that the presence of God will fill this space, fill your space, flood over, be super abounding where you are. And when I arrived, they were like, man, we just had a good time in the Lord. I said, you did. We did. We just had a good time in the Lord. I said, man, that is really, really great. And actually, I think I've had two hours sleep. I had two hours sleep, and I was like, God, do you want Brian to teach? See, because it's not about me showing up here and performing, but it's about what God wants to do. It's what God wants to do that impact people's lives. So while I'm in here, I'm like, okay, at least you gotta hurt me, put something on my face. <laughs> I don't want to look like I just climbed out of the bed. But God is so concerned. God said, I'm concerned about everything that concerneth you. Everything that concerns you. Everything that concerns you. He said, I'm concerned about everything that's concerning you. So you can be concerned about everything that concerns me.
going to have to stop because I just... ourselves and we and we can put ourselves down based on external things. I mean, everybody can find something wrong with yourself. There's probably not a person in here who says, I believe everything about me is just totally perfect. I like the way I look. I like my hair. I like my size. I like my eye color. I like, you know, I like my foot size. I like, I like my house. There's probably no one in here who could say, but everybody's probably got something they would like to have changed in their lives. And I just mean just material things and outside things. There's so much more. There is so much more. Ah, I am going to stop. Pastor Brian, you have anything you want to add to this? Okay. All righty then. Um, let's bow our heads. Let's just Repeat this after me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, you are my strength and you are my redeemer. pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.